What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 95 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my co-host and producer of the show, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I'm drinking a 9 p.m. coffee. I'm going to regret <laughs> this, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, whatever it takes to get through the show. Hey. Um, yeah, I'm pretty no. sure I was late on the intro this time because I realized that I thought I was watching our stream and I was not. I was watching the Axel stream, so uh, hopefully I wasn't too, too delayed. No, no, I think you came in just fine. All right, awesome, awesome. Um, You know, we actually got a decent amount of news this week. I think some stories came in uh, today and yesterday and stuff like that. So let's go ahead and uh, get right into what we've been playing. Actually, let's talk about how you know what we've playing and, and, and what's new. Uh, for me, I have been finishing up titles that I've already mentioned before. So <laughs> I think it's so funny because I did this with Tunic as well. I think I mentioned that I had played, uh, I, when I finished Tunic, that I was going to finish Ghostwire Tokyo. And that I had also played a little bit of Tiny Tina, right? Yeah. And that was the order I was going to play. I was going to finish Ghostwire Tokyo, then dedicate time to Tiny Tina. Yeah, well, I finished <laughs> Tiny Tina. And then put a little bit more time into Ghostwire Tokyo. And it's really just, I'm, I'm realizing that it's really just comes down to the fact that I enjoy the Xbox controller more. And chances are, I'm when I'm playing these games, I'm playing it after everybody is off anyway. And I'm yeah. already on the Xbox playing multiplayer games with so, the boys and stuff like that. So is did none of your friends pick up Wonderlands? Or? So they did. They did, okay. actually. Um, but... The weird thing with me, I, and I did this with Borderlands 3 as well, is that um, sometimes I just prefer playing them by myself, honestly. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. One, our one friend is a huge, huge Borderlands fan. And he does everything. Like, he 100%. He's already 100% at Tiny Tina. Like, all the collectibles, everything. And, you know, sometimes, even though they do adjust to your level so when you go into somebody else's world the enemies are a level above you level below you whatever it is for your friend uh but he still comes in and just wipes the floor with everybody you know depending on the weapon it is so sometimes i prefer just playing those games by myself i also think that with this game having these two uh these three characters basically talking to you the whole time uh, it still feels like it doesn't feel like a solitary experience right yeah um I, I one of my pet peeves when playing a co-op game is when people are talking over the cutscene, and I'm just yeah, like, I'm, right. like, I'm like, I'm playing this game yeah. to enjoy the story. Like for me, I've, story is always important, even if it's a bad story. Yeah, I just want to know. No, I've had to tell people like to be yeah. quiet. I've also the one good thing is that with modern headsets and stuff like that, like there's a balance yeah, that you can adjust on them. Game. Yeah, and yeah. I go straight to game. I just ignore them. Hopefully, they don't say anything important yeah. for the next 45 seconds, or, or, uh, you know, if it's a uh japanese developed game the next 45 minutes uh however long the cutscene is but i so yeah i played that mostly solo i did that's not to say i didn't play any with them i did play some with them um and most of my experience playing co-op was my one buddy hopping in and just being nowhere near me not even trying to progress to where i am me basically doing all the work and then him coming at the very end of me fighting the boss and helping with the last like 10 percent of damage or whatever he actually, did I, I might have talked about this last week, actually. I think, I think, yeah, I, I did. did yeah. yeah. Okay. So I won't repeat myself, but uh, I really like that game. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think that the end game content that's there, they have this kind of like, it's almost like a roguelite uh, element to it where you're going through uh, the chaos chambers and, and going from level to level and they're increasing in difficulty and you're getting passive bonuses and this currency you spend on buffs and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's I think it's genius. I think that it's um, great to kind of you know occupy your time in between DLC releases. That's the one thing that Borderlands I think does better than pretty much any other game is they release their extra story content and add-ons at a fairly regular clip. You know, it's usually like what three to five months afterwards, and you get a new story DLC, mm -hmm. and they're significant. Um, you know, four to four, four to five hours or whatever it may be. And so I think this is great. I think the mode's a lot of fun. Um, and I could definitely see myself putting a lot of time into it uh, if I didn't gameplay this game. And so that game's yeah. on, its, on its way back already. But I, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it if you're looking for a, a looter shooter. 
or something that was just like honestly just it was just it, nice it feels it's good, just right yeah 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 feels but good to you, play i think my yeah. one complaint is i i never got to the point where i felt like i had super powerful weapons that i loved i will say that i love because it is a fantasy uh take on the borderlands fr franchise is that instead of grenades you have spells and i played as the spell hmm, what's the name anyway it's the spellcaster right class and they have all the classes have two abilities that you get to choose from as basically your ultimate right spell the shot. the spell shot right the first ability is polymorph it changes an enemy into this sheep that doesn't fight back and you, you just bang up but my it's favorite, second my favorite card in hurts <laughs> my the second ability that you could choose instead of polymorph is instead of having one spell and an ultimate you can carry two spells and so i was just going to, at that point like i wish i had done it sooner but when i finally decided to make the switch late game and i had two spells that i like i was shooting off spells more than i was using guns like just timing the cooldowns on them to just constantly have them going and it felt like a different game and it was it was so much fun man i always play the sirens in these games so yeah. i tend to play the kind of like magic focused or whatever but. so I, do guns actually play a big factor in this like do you end up do you find yourself defaulting to guns instead of like a melee weapon oh yeah or? it's it's a no it's a borderlands game it's a borderlands game yeah yeah i mean okay. i think i think uh, you picked the berserker the right oh the clawbringer the clawbringer that's yeah. what i meant the clawbringer right and yeah. so the Clawbringer, I think, is viable if you wanted to play it, you know, mostly melee focused. And they do have some weapons in there that actually do feel good melee. I, in my opinion, the ones that have a faster uh, swing speed and, and attack rate are, are more fun, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, it's still a Borderlands game, right? And those games just... have always been, here's the gajillion different weapons we have. Yeah. And so... A billion... Uh, what was it? Borderlands 3, like a billion different weapons or something yeah. like mm -hmm. that. Um, how... How's the skill tree, in your opinion? Do, do you feel like it was like fleshed out enough for the characters? Um, or for your character? Or is it just more yeah, so, kind of just so like upgrading what you once have? you Once you get a, a slightly... Once you progress a little bit into the game, you unlock a second class. And that you can then choose you know, your ultimate between them. And each class has like a passive ability that you unlock. And so you have these two passive abilities and it's similar to Borderlands 3. I mean, in Borderlands 3 and the past Borderlands games, there was like, you know, you were a siren, which was your main class, but you had three different styles of play, right? And you go down these trees and you can mix and match. And that's what it is here as well. And so I ended up being Spellshot and Graveborn. And so I had like this little Demi Lich following me around and, and quipping in my ear the whole time and also attacking when I attack. And I... It, there was, seemed to be a lot of synergy between those two classes because I was able to pick stuff from the um, Graveborn side of the tree that allowed me to use my spells faster. So it, it ended up buffing my spell shot side of the tree. And so I do think uh, it's well fleshed out. Now, I've only seen the two trees. My one complaint is that so many of the classes in this game have companions. and some of the companions are enemy types. And so I was playing with three other people, three of my friends, and they all have as a second, or two of them have as a secondary class, the same class and the same companion. And we're in this fight fighting enemies that are the same type as their companions. And so I, there's so many times where I'm shooting at their companions, not realizing that it wasn't an enemy. Um, so I do wish that wasn't in play. I mean, if you're going to have a companion class, it should just be a totally different um, character model, you know, yeah. to, to avoid that. But uh, I think the I think the I think the writing is pretty good. Uh, I understand how some people can get frustrated with Tiny Tina's shtick. I think she's less of that in this one than she is in, in past games. Uh, Ashley Birch continues to be like my favorite voice actress. I think she's absolutely fantastic. This cast is also crazy. It has to be like the most expensive cast they've ever had, <laughs> even though there's only a hand, you know, a handful of voice characters. But they have uh, Andy Samberg, Wanda Sykes, and Will Arnett all voicing characters on top of Ashley Birch, who has to be more expensive than she was for past Borderlands games. And so, um, yeah, I mean, through and through, I, I highly uh, recommend it, and I really, really enjoyed it. 
do I think that this is going to be, you know, one of the top 10 best games of the year? I, I don't know. You know, um, is it going to be a game that I return to in the future? I, for sure. I mean, once that first DLC comes out, I've already decided I'm, I'm going to, you know, buy this game and, and then because it definitely it be on sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And so once I finished that, I started getting back into Ghostwire Tokyo, which I had talked about before and saying that like atmospherically and visually, I really, really enjoyed it. And this, you know, I mentioned during the, the pre-show, I was talking a little bit about Evil Within. So this is made by Tango Gameworks, who made the Evil Within games. Um, and I believe the head of the studio was uh, also influential in making like the Resident Evil games and stuff like that. And so that's the pedigree there. This game is an open world game. It has your it has side quests. It has like your equivalent of like watchtowers, right? Or uh, animus points. Whatever they, whatever they're called in Assassin's Creed, where you unveil more of the map and you unveil more side quests and and, and um, points of interest, POIs. Um, I yeah. I wish. See, I so I can't. I can't figure out what it is that I want this game to do differently. On the on the one hand, when a, there are some elements of this game that are actually tense and creepy and like borderline scary, right? Like you can see the pedigree there. I just feel like it's not carried throughout. And as far as combat is concerned, there isn't it's not the same as like a survival horror game, you know? Uh the combat isn't the scary part. It is all atmospheric when it comes to scares. I I also enjoy the open world parts. I feel like the open world parts is making it less scary, but I also enjoy the open world parts. I enjoy getting around the world. Um, one of the abilities that you end up getting early on is that you can kind of uh, grapple onto these points and it shoots you up into the air and you can glide for a little bit uh, from like rooftop to rooftop. And I, I I haven't gotten sick of the hand motions and the combat and stuff like that. Like every time I see that, I think that stuff is cool as hell. Okay. I I really think, and you know, there was some talk and some rumors about this game having a certain vision in the beginning and then kind of changing throughout the development and stuff like that. I think there is a solid foundation here. And I am really enjoying this game. I mean, if I had to score it right now, I'm only like, I'm like seven or eight hours in. And my understanding is I'm actually getting close to the end. I think I have maybe a third of the game left. If I just mainline it, right? Uh, I have been doing side quests here and there because it does help, you know, build out your tree, your skill tree. And um, if I had to score it right now, I would say that this is like a seven, five or an eight. I think this game is very good, you know? Um, my my concern is while I think this has a lot of potential and I think this is a good foundation, I, I thought that of the Evil Within as well. And while I thought the Evil Within 2 was significantly better, it still didn't reach the heights of what Resident Evil is doing, right? Or what other games in this genre are accomplishing. And so it kind of bums me out because I have such high hopes for Tango Gameworks. And I, I like their stuff so much that I just want it to be great. And and so far it's it's just it's very good. Which is I mean isn't the end of the world. But when you're talking about games like, you know, Elden Ring coming out around the same time and we're talking about uh even Horizon Zero Dawn and even Tiny Tina's Wonderland, like they need to do more. Now I think that similar to Guardians of the Galaxy, when this game comes to Game Pass, I think it's gonna find an audience. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think I'm going to mostly mainline the rest of this game to see it through to the end so that, um, when it does come to game pass, I can play it over and then I will do all the side quests and stuff like that. Cause I, I do enjoy the side quests and I, I just enjoy the, uh, entire concept, honestly. And it's funny because it's, it's, it feels very solitary because the the premise is in the beginning of the game is that and i think about to talk about this last week but everybody's gone 
All right, in Tokyo. So outside of like some spirits and, and the enemy types, nobody's there. And so I was playing it at first. I was like, that's weird for an open world to just kind of feel, doesn't feel alive, right? But it makes sense for a survival horror game, right? Like those games are solitary experiences. You are walking through hallways by yourself. Even within, you were walking through the environments by yourself. And so I think, I think I just want them to go a little bit farther in the horror uh, elements and try to make it a little bit scarier because then I think it'll fit and, and merge better. Um, I, 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 like I said, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I will be done by the next, next episode, especially since we are entering a little bit of a lull in, in big releases. Thank um, God. Yeah. <laughs> my body gets time to catch up on everything in my backlog. Um, Oh, well, speaking of your backlog, what what have you been playing this past week? Not my backlog. Uh, I put a little bit more. <laughs> Isn't that's that's always how it is, man? Uh, yeah, it's so I come to the sense of like I bought a bunch of games, even though I said I wouldn't buy anything until I beat the previous one. Uh -huh. um, adding uh, Strangers of Paradise, <laughs> Final Fantasy Origins to that list, um, and then. My son went to sleep one day, and I was like, oh my god, I have time. Like, my wife's working, I, my work is kind of quiet, so let me just like, fire this up. Play, I uh, fired up Elden Ring, I got to a catacomb that took up the entire map window. It was a nightmarish <laughs> catacombs, and I uh -huh. was like, I wish I never found this door. I wish I never <laughs> opened it. I wish I just like progressed to the main story. Uh, mm. It was still a great time, but you know, it's it wasn't. I just want to be making progress at this point with any yeah. games I'm playing, and so uh, yeah. there was a bit of that. But what I did, what I did get time to dive into um, this week are two new games. <laughs> um, first one being a remaster of um, a PS One classic. Uh, Chrono Cross remaster, the Radical Dreamers edition. Uh, so, yeah. So, how is this remaster? So, I'm playing. Uh, so, these two games I'm playing, I'm playing on a Nintendo Switch. Um, okay. And so, on the Switch, the game runs at 30 frames per second. Uh, it, the textures are upresed. Like you know, Switch is you know isn't as powerful as like a PS5 or Xbox yeah, right. um, series console. But it, you know, it, it it's a very well done i think upres like the text boxes are much more clear mm -hmm. uh the character models aren't blurry so like it plays pretty well um there is some minor slowdown and this, slowdown is, this, and this is a re spots. it's a remaster not a remake right so yeah, is there is yeah. there brand new art and and or is it just upres it's it just upres from what i can okay. tell what they did also um add to this version is the radical dreamers uh game uh that uh, I, I don't believe was released in the West that uh, mm. Chrono Cross was based off of. I haven't uh, dived into that. I just wanted to tr check out the remaster. And so um, it, it's pretty, you know, I played a bit of Chrono Cross on the PS1 uh, back in the day. Uh, felt right back at home. I forgot how dated PS1 RPGs can feel. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and so it was just it's kind of just like a, a bit of a time a time warp going back and just realizing like, hey no jrpgs actually have gotten pretty far um so w when you start up the game you have an option of like hey you could either keep it original for three uh but the original game was made in you could zoom in or make it full but i felt like when i made it full um it didn't look as crisp it kind of looked a little bit right. stretched out yeah that's how it that's, switch. that's how all those like yeah and retro so that's how all of them are. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they would have done a bit more work there to uh, well, make it a, a bit uh, uh, feel a bit better. Yeah, um, but that's and that's a situation where you would have to do new animations. I mean, I don't think yeah. there's any way to just pit a four by three up yeah. res and not make it look just blurred out and blown out. Yeah, I remember when I was playing um, what was it, Persona Three uh, on a <laughs> PC emulator, the uh, uh, the PS2 emulator I was using had uh -huh. a mode that said force force 16 by 9 and what it actually uh -huh. did was like it kind of like persona 3 in that case actually had um the capability of showing what was on the sides so what you would see on the edges are like mm -hmm. character models that are just waiting or they're walking in place until like a certain event or dialogue is triggered uh -huh. and then they'll walk onto the screen <laughs> uh, so i, I it's was, it was kind of interesting to see so like i get yeah. why you know you just can't stretch out 
uh, what's there on the screen. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, you know, turn-based JRPG. Uh, one of the things with Chrono Cross back in the day was like you, your party can be like, I think up to 40 different characters um, and that you can recruit through your gameplay. And I think if I remember my middle school conversation with my friend back then, I think it required three playthroughs to unlock everybody to have in your party uh, because you couldn't unlock everybody in the, in the first go. Um, and then, you know, some characters, depending on the decisions you make, get locked out almost like from the very beginning, uh, like, and you're not even aware of it. So it's kind of like some of that obscure stuff from uh, back in the day. Uh, they have, with a lot, like a lot of the common remasters that Square has done, uh, they've added like boosts of certain kinds. So you can turn off encounters, slow uh, and fast forward abilities. Uh, and I love the fast forward uh, just because sometimes moving around the map just, yeah, you're just like I know where I need to go. This is just taking like I don't want to spend five minutes moving across yeah. this map. Um, no, that that is a good quality of life feature. Uh, they have, uh, I believe, you click in the sticks, boat sticks. Uh, it turns on auto battle, uh, so it automatically handle the battles for you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's also battle boosts, which will allow your characters to do a little bit more uh, damage. So if you just kind of want to play through for the story, like uh, it's there. I didn't find like the battle boost to be something that overtly broke the game. Um, uh-huh. but it was, uh, I, I, I might've probably helped. Like I didn't find myself in battles for too long, but it was nice because like clicking attack and then going through it, um, just felt slow. Like if, you know, if you're watching the stream, you can see like how long these anime, this <laughs> attack animation can take. Uh, and you're like, you're clicking between like you have, your character has stamina. And so you're like using up your stamina as you attack. And so you can do attacks, you can use your elements, uh, which are like kind of like magical spells or healing uh for it uh i mean if you're looking for a classic jrpg it it seems like they did a fairly good job with the uh, chrono cross remaster um so uh definitely check it out uh if you're uh, you know if this seems like it's right up your alley or, yeah you know you're nostalgic I, yeah i uh, will not so yeah. next uh, <laughs> so the next one though i actually am super interested in trying out i don't think i was paying enough attention to this because I At no either. point <laughs> did I realize that this had changed the perspective and pit it to more of like a behind-the-back third-person uh, action game. And and I've heard nothing but good things about this next game. Yeah, so the next game is Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I have I have played, uh, you know, a fair share of Lego games over the years, even some mm-hmm. of the original uh, Skywalker not Skywars, Star Wars um, uh, games. You know, when they did yeah. the, when they brought the prequel, because they, they did it like original trilogy, then the prequel trilogy, yeah. and then they brought them together for this one massive game. Yeah. And I, I, played, I played some of that one. So, um, I mean, funny story. Actually, one of the, one of the games I reviewed for our college newspaper was a Lego game, uh, which no, also shows you just how long they've been pumping these games out. I'm not going to say which one, because that'll date us, but... <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, and like for the most part, they're just like they're fun family uh, games. Like, yeah, you know, I kind of wish my son was older because I feel like this is like also a really great intro to Star Wars. It it, it plays really well. Um, it, it feels good. The combat is great. Like, I accidentally like used um my for- like I started with Episode One. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was playing as Qui-Con on the ship in, in the beginning and like I lifted an explosive barrel and I just threw it too close to myself and the enemies and I killed myself but like you just revive instantly and I'm like oh you could just like make this a playground and just go go a bit uh, crazy with uh, what you want to do. I, I think where the charm of this game lies is the cutscenes that they have created and the comedy that they, uh, that they have put in it is unbelievable i i found myself laughing at just like the s- smallest of gags <laughs> it, 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 there's just like so much heart put into it uh that uh, you know you can't help but smile and it, it's a great way to like re-experience you know the star wars movies and, and for me like it, it actually moves fairly quick like the levels aren't too long uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, this is like a perfect pick up and play uh, type uh, situation. Uh, what got me to um, actually pick this up was uh, Mitch Dyer, 
I believe he he was of IGN in the past. He's now he worked on Star Wars Squadrons, Battlefront Two, and now a writer for Gotham Knights. He tweeted out a a scene uh, from the end of Episode One, the Qui Gon Darth Maul fight, and it's just like it just escalates in terms of comedy, uh, like uh, how ridiculous it gets. Uh, <laughs> of like. Hey, Darth Maul gets cut in half. He grabs a lightsaber with half his body, and it's just his head, and it just it keeps continuing. Um, it, the other thing is there is voice acting in this as well, mm-hmm. so um, expect that. But yeah, it's if you're looking for something fun, lighthearted, something you can play with the family, and you're a fan of the Lego games, definitely check this out. Um, I, I think even as a Star Wars fan, there is a lot of good. They're doing a lot of stuff right here um, for the Skywalker saga. I actually have it on my list, and I think that that is going to be the next game after Ghostwire Tokyo that I end up playing. Yeah, no, um, I, I I would recommend it. I think like even like pro- probably a great game for you and your daughter to play yeah. through. And it's either going to be that or Kirby, I think next. So yeah. And yeah, uh, that's all I've been playing this week. All right, cool. Well, that wraps up what we've been playing. Let's go ahead and get right into the news. Uh, like I said, I want to get back to Ghostwire Tokyo. <laughs> All right, first story, a little, uh, you know, source from this website. Uh, what's it? Oh, the workprint.com. Rogue Legacy 2 release date announced for PC and Xbox. So, Rogue Legacy 2 is already in uh, early access and is going to be leaving early access on April 28th, 2022. Uh, blah, 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 was, I, I really wanted to share this news last week, but the embargo mm-hmm. didn't. Um, left until the day after what we right. recorded we, so i was like i was like damn it yeah so we had already you and i had talked about this and, yeah. and knew this was happening but um and then they also announced that the original rogue legacy will be available for free on the epic game store between april 7th and today the oh, 13th shit. so if you haven't oh, yeah, grabbed today, it yet go now you can go go grab, grab it. it um yeah i so i actually never played uh the first one um i just wasn't into that style of game you know the road lights and the road bikes and um yeah Uh, but now that i've you know dabbled with some modern ones and 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 have been enjoying them i i think i might give this uh a shot uh one of my favorite things about rogue legacy was the the genealogy system mm-hmm. uh, uh in the game so how the game works is your character goes into this castle they and the castle changes with every person that goes in you can lock uh, you at a certain point you do get the ability to lock the layout uh, if you want for like a certain fee but you uh you know you go in and you do your run your character di- you try to get as much gold as possible your character in which you can use for upgrades uh and then your character dies and then their children uh you get to choose like one of three children mm-hmm. and each one gets like a genetic quirk <laughs> for uh that like affects the gameplay like some people are blind as a bat or um you know their controls might be reversed or some are really small some are big uh there's like various different um ways of your character can end up playing out so uh, it definitely kept it uh, fresh as, you know, making way through. And it didn't just feel like you were just repeating the same actions over and over. Um, so I'm excited for Rogue Legacy 2. You know, they say they went into it not trying to create a 2, but more of a 3. So it's, it's substantial compared to what came mm-hmm. before, which uh, I, I like the sound of. So, you know, they did reach out about review codes. I did say yes i don't know why i said that but let's see uh you know if we get one uh, i'll definitely stream it some of it out and uh, share some thoughts on that later this month all right so this next bit of news it's very rare actually i take that back it's never happened where a game gets announced and i'm just angry <laughs> at the game <laughs> it being announced okay don't, don't feel that way about bu- bug snacks. Um, Kingdom Hearts 4 has been announced and will kick off Sora's new story arc 
Uh, Square Enix announced Sunday during a 20th anniversary live stream for the franchise that Kingdom Hearts 4 is now in development. It showed off a brand new trailer that uh, shows Sora with regular sized feet, which the internet seems to be up in arms about. And uh, big shoes. I. Lo- okay. okay, so they they also announced a separate game, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, in development for Android and iOS. That looks uh, good. The mobile game features adventures set in the world of Scala at Kalem from Kingdom Hearts 3 and battles against the Heartless. Um, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link will feature a new original story, because of course it will, because God yeah. forbid that Square Enix doesn't put the story of Kingdom Hearts across 90 different devices and, and, and 1,200 different games. And then, even if you've played all of them, it still makes no sense. It does make any um, sense. As, as somebody that enjoyed the series until they played 3. And oh my god. Like, WTF, what is this? Um, 3 is three is so... I, oh, man. I, uh, three, 3 is the game that I have completed and played to the end that I hate the most. Yes. Like, Because, like, I'll say this. Square last generation kind of just like fell off, like you know, with uh, not last generation, the PS3, PS mm, somewhere, somewhere in the 360 PS3 era, like they weren't, they were like struggling to really come out and like they're developing all this cool tech. The games look good, but the games just weren't coming out. It was just development hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, Final Fantasy 15. When you actually like play those games, those games feel good. Uh, but they just bungled the stories. And like Kingdom Hearts already is just a nightmare of a story web to play through. And like everyone that says like, oh yeah, just play through all of them, you'll understand it as you play through. Otherwise, it's kind of a mess. That's way too many games to play through for one game. Uh, especially like most people only played Kingdom Hearts one and two back in the day. Yeah, you didn't get right. didn't go, and, you didn't and go you, out buy P, <laughs> PSP, a DS, and, a yeah. 3DS, and you uh, would iPhone think game, you would think that game. you know if you played Kingdom Hearts one. And Kingdom Hearts 2, that you'd understand Kingdom Hearts 3. Nope. There's characters <laughs> in there that you'd be like, what is happening? Who are these people? It, it's a goddamn nightmare. But, like, Kingdom Hearts 4? Oh, no, don't do this. It looks good. It, uh, like, the visually, fine. Visually, visually it, it looks, looks good. great. Yes. That grappling hook out of that keyblade, I will play, I'm going to play this day one. I'll be there. I'm going to, listen, will I'm going to play it too it? because no. I, I can't. I'm of the mind that you can't truly hate something unless you experience on it. You know, yeah. you can't hate on something unless you get, you don't give it a fair shot. And so I will play this and I will hate it. I do hope though. See, the problem is, is I see the potential in Kingdom Hearts, right? The idea of having these Disney worlds and now possibly being able to, you know, have Marvel or Star Wars know, worlds hey, crossover. There is, there is Star Wars in here in this trailer. They messed up. So if you go to 442 and mm-hmm. look in the top right, you'll see an ATST foot on the ground. Mm. See, and well, so, so that gets me excited, you yeah, know? So we'll see. And so, so you know, I think, who's the creator here? Is it Nomura or is it, um, I forget. But mm-hmm. uh, they're basically saying it's supposed to be like a darker entry or darker saga for kingdom hearts so you know maybe maybe <laughs> but like the possibilities are endless because like disney sure. now owns the simpsons could you just sure. imagine sora donald and goofy oh that's as not people? oh <laughs> that's not gonna happen i oh man i I'm, I'm not kidding i saw i woke up you know my routine is i wake up i, I go to the bathroom and i i you know uh, I, I'm, I scroll through my phone as i brush my teeth or whatever and I almost rolled my eyes, not just to the back of my head, but all the way around again when I saw this get announced and was like, seriously, like physically angry because I thought for sure that Kingdom Hearts 3 would just, at least would there would be a significant amount of time before we heard about a Kingdom Hearts 4. Well, well um, I mean, there was a Kingdom Hearts game after 3 that continued the story. It was the musical game. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. I forgot, I completely and there was a, that. There was a too. DLC as well. Um, oh my god! Yeah, it's and you, like all that is canonical. Like, yeah, it's a musical game, but there's stuff in that story that matters. It's, it's. I I think the part that uh, got I, me to, uh, to roll my eyes was like I got the press release in the morning, and then they yeah. were like, 
oh the current the was it cross union x dark road or something mm -hmm. um they're doing like one final update for that in the summer that will wrap up that story and then there's a new mobile game with more story it's just stop like just make it also it, don't make it don't make it that you have to play it to understand what's going on in this it, it also it drives me nuts that square enix will come out and talk about the tomb raider franchise being a disappointment and the and guardians of the galaxy being a disappointment like if it's a western studio they're quick to be like oh this didn't meet our expectations you know and then kingdom, kingdom hearts, hearts 3 sells. they're it just sells. like it's, it's so wild so wild it makes it's, me it's, so it's unreasonably upset it's the uh, listen ready here's my stance kingdom hearts is trash next story uh bug snacks is coming to switch steam and xbox later this month when it comes to xbox it will be arriving on xbox game pass um it is coming so i have it downloaded i never actually played it same here um but uh and now I'm probably just, I am, I'm just going to wait until it comes to Game Pass so I can play it with the Xbox controller, which I prefer anyway. Um, it's uh, a new major free content update is coming to Bug Snacks on April 28th. And the game itself and the free updates are also coming to the newer platforms. Uh, as part of the Isle of Big Snacks, which is the content update, it's going to add a new landmass to the main game. That will have all new quest puzzles and bug snacks to discover. Uh, Young Horses, the developer behind Bug Snacks, say that players can expect three to four hours of new game content with uh, the voice actors from the original game coming back to provide new quests and dialogue. Um, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, yeah. I I I know that there's like a twist at the end. This isn't a spoiler. I know there's like a twist and a reveal at the end, but still to this day i don't know what that is and i've been Same able here. to avoid it and so i am excited to actually give this a shot the problem is is i started playing it on the playstation for like a little bit and it just didn't grab me right away and maybe it's because at the same time i had miles morales and all and these other you know games at the launch that i just wanted to go and play those it was more hype for those and so you know maybe i didn't give it its right, fair right shot. there with you on that um Next bit of news, just a quick story. Tony Hawk Remake Studio, Vicarious Vision, officially drops in its name and merges with Blizzard. Um, they have been fully merged into Blizzard Entertainment, the studio said on Tuesday. Uh, and they, uh, the development team remains located in Albany, New York, and is focused entirely on Blizzard Entertainment games. Um, this is kind of a, a, a... I mean, it is what it is. They're still around, but... It's weird to just not have Vicarious Visions out in the world anymore. I mean, this article, this article yeah. talks about the studio was founded 31 years ago. And I still remember them from like, yeah, from like Ultimate Spider-Man and uh, Jedi Outcast. Um, I honestly think we get to E3 or Summer Games Fest, whatever it is next year, 2023. Yeah. And Microsoft, Phil Spencer comes out and be like, we're announcing a new studio. We're bringing back Vicarious Vision. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah, maybe, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't be, that wouldn't be too much of a surprise. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the reality is, is for the past few years, they have just been a remake and a support studio, you know? Yeah, um, they deserve better. But they did so, a great job with Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, not, like I said, not the biggest industry shaking news it's just i don't know it's kind of a bummer like i said to to kind of see that name go away all right so niantic makers of pokemon go and pikmin bloom which i'm sure all of you are playing yeah. uh reveals its new virtual pet game paradox also my birthstone um so niantic is creating an original digital pet of its own on Wednesday, Niantic announced Peridot, a new game coming to mobile devices that focuses less on catching them all and more on caring for, raising, and breeding unique creatures. As they want to do in their games, this will also be an AR-based game. Um, and uh, they also make it so that you can easily share your, your Peridot pics on social media uh, directly from the game. You also are able to uh it says that they use the new tech that 
allows to recognize different real world services, which your pet can forage in different areas for different types of food. Uh, there's also talk about, you know, breeding the same way you would in like Pokemon. Um, I think this is, I listen, I am not the biggest Pokemon Go fan. I don't necessarily haven't fallen in love with any of these like AR games and stuff like that. I think this is genius because I you know, feel, you know I what are like... back in a big way right now? Neopets. <laughs> Close. Tamagotchis. Tamagotchis yeah. Yep. And mostly because of turning red. Um, yeah. And so this is essentially the modern day Tamagotchi. I, I think I mean, this makes a ton of sense. Now, is it going to be successful? Who knows? You know, because at the end of the day, they're going to monetize the crap out of this. But I feel uh, like this is I feel like this game was like one meeting away from having these paradots be NFTs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you could, I could hear that board meeting happening. Like, like, yeah. what if we made them NFTs and they could yeah. sell rare ones on the marketplace? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Vance already give them away. Uh, like, I, I just hear it happening um, in my head. But um, no, I mean, like feeding, nurturing, caring for them. Like, I'm already doing this, and it, it's <laughs> not on my phone. And I don't know if I want to do it for another creature right now. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> So uh, my, ch- my child's like crying on the changing table. I'm like, no, I need to feed. I need to feed my paradox. <laughs> Spar- Sparkles need some pets. Uh, like I said, I think it's a genius idea, not necessarily for me. Uh, and honestly, the only reason this story is even here is because of Bilal's love for Pokemon Go. And yeah. so, now this next story kind of came out of nowhere. This was uh, earlier oh, today, I think it was yeah. announced. So we've been talking about the. When we talked about the next-gen updates that came to Cyberpunk 2077, we also kept mentioning how Witcher 3 is also supposed to get a next-gen update. Well, it looks like that has been delayed indefinitely. Uh, CD Projekt Red announced earlier today that it was bringing the project in-house. We have decided to have our own in-house development team conduct remaining work on the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. We are currently evaluating the scope of work to be done and thus have to postpone Q2 release until further notice. We'll update you as soon as we can. Thank you for understanding. Um, Now, Saber Interactive developers behind the excellent version of Wild Hunt for Nintendo Switch had previously been working on the project. Now, my understanding is that Saber Interactive is located in Russia, correct? Yeah, and I think there's also uh, office in... I want to say Belarus. So like okay. two offices that are handling, I think the Russian one was handling yeah. uh, majority of this uh, next gen uh, version. So I wonder how much of the current events are, are playing a, a role I, in this decision. I, I think that's what it likely is here. Um, all right. From one studio taking over all of the work to another one, bringing in some help. Halo Infinite 2, uh, sorry, Halo Infinite 2 Season 2 launches in early May, which we've already talked about before, but I want to talk about Microsoft recruits certain affinity to help with Halo Infinite. Um, so, I mean, good, because I think 343 needs all the help right now, because it's so, I, I, I mean, I, and I, I get it, right, mm-hmm. because they are very, and they've been open about this, they are yeah. facing a challenge about um when it comes to like meeting player expectations getting new content out the door that's really what it is is getting new content out the door and i think the community manager even came out uh in the last week or two and was just like we know we're not meeting the communities yeah right here this the statement the statement right here is we're certainly not happy to be unable to meet player and community expectations it's a difficult situation that's going to take the team time to work through right now the focus is on season two and we'll have more to share on that in the coming weeks meanwhile a lot of production planning costing planning hiring etc is all happening, which doesn't really lend to detailed regular updates. We understand the community is simply out of patience and frankly, I think understandably tired of words. We just need some time for the team to get the details sorted and then we can certainly share as much as we can. I think that there's no question, right, that 343 has finally proven themselves in the launch of Halo Infinite. Yeah. That campaign was a, a ton of fun and absolutely fantastic, in, in my opinion. Um, the it multiplayer, the yeah. uh, yes, and the multiplayer is one of the best feeling multiplayers out there. Yes. But as much as 
I loved that game as much as you love that game. And the fact that it was our game of the year last year, we would be blind to not see that it is lacking in content. You know, I haven't been going back regularly because there isn't much for me to do that I haven't already done. I have um, a few levels left on that battle pass uh, mm-hmm. that I'm going to go back and finish before the season two battle pass launches. And so I can just grab that achievement and then check out some of that season two stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's, it, I don't want to say they dropped the ball. I know they've been working hard on it. And from what we've seen lives, not just with 343, well, even like Sony Studios with Gran Turismo 7, mm-hmm. uh, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics with Avengers. Live service games are not easy if you don't have that experience under your belt. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's easy to take that for granted mm-hmm. uh, nowadays where everything just seems to be a live service game. Um, I also think that certain affinity makes the most sense. Obviously, they've helped yeah. on the Fatal franchise in the past. Makes sense to bring them in to help on yeah. this. Uh, they so they've co-developed, uh, so they co-developed Halo Wavepoint, which was, I think, the website. Uh, they did multiplayer DLC, the Defiant Map Pack for Reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-developed Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo 4. And uh, they did work on Halo 5. Uh, multiplayer for Master Chief Collection. Mm-hmm. And they also did co-develop, or is that, that's probably, no, they did co-develop uh, Halo Infinite as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they've been, they've been around. Yeah, I mean, they've been acting as a support. I mean, we talked about yeah. Vicarious. Vision. They've been TV. acting as a yeah. support studio for a while. Um, yeah. I, I do hope that... Look, I love Halo, and I love your multiplayer, but I do think that this universe is ripe and prime for a Battle Royale, and yeah. I would love to see them dip their toes in that and show off their version. There, um, there was that link about... was it like last spartan standing yeah and and well and there was also a leak that apparently there's a voice line from the announcer that actually says like battle royale um but let's talk about uh what is coming instead of what could possibly be coming and that's the halo infinite season two which launches in early may so a new trailer shows off some of the battle pass rewards two maps and a few new modes uh yeah season begins may 3rd the season called lone wolves will add a new battle pass uh some of the maps one arena map called catalyst and one big team battle map called breaker there's also new modes which were outlined last month including a free-for-all elimination mode called last spartan standing which i think is what you mentioned before yeah a new one called land grab and an updated version of king of the hill um so one of the other things they talked about is that the season two battle pass will have more customization options uh, will also allow players to earn a thousand credits, which is infinite paid uh, service with the premium battle pass, which is what, in my opinion, like the good paddle passes do these days, right? Yeah. I have a friend who he bought the his Fortnite battle pass sometime in the middle of chapter two and hasn't bought one since because he's just used the carryover currency from that to continue to buy he, and max out the battle passes. That man has patience and self-control <laughs> that i will never have I'd yeah be like, i'll tell you the skin <laughs> oh it's so it's so bad because they've been doing the past like uh chapter and a half i mean they've just been the video game legends that they've been bringing in uh, you know they just had Ezio and uh ivor in oh, yeah. the the shop and those skins look so good man so you bought them right we'll talk about that later uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah also in halo news we have Ma- halo master chief collection update adds flood firefight mode uh campaign crossplay for halo 3 and odst are coming as well so 343 is no longer running seasons in halo the master chief collection but they're still supporting the game the as stated the next big update is coming this monday kicking off with a fan favorite halo mode called flood fight the halo 3 odst um it's very much a like wave-based survival kind of like horde mode in Gears of War. Um, it's just their firefight mode, but adding the flood enemy type to it. Uh, I am really curious as to what the player base is on Master Chief Collection. Um, as of today, when this dropped, it actually surpassed uh, Halo Infinite on Steam. Oh, as and concurrent players. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah that game is much older but that game has so much more yeah. content uh, and yeah, so i was trying to remember yeah it, it it does and it's like i get it i know i i don't know if flood firefight was in the original was was it in the, the actual uh, i know version? well firefight was firefight was yeah and so uh but i i don't remember if the flood specific adding the enemy type was um all right let's keep the the which is like kind of bonkers where they're like they're managing to put out these this huge mode for master chief collection but for infinite they're struggling and i just oh well, i mean I, I don't get it <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean the math has to be working behind the scenes somehow right yeah and, maybe and... the pipeline is better for master chief collection and and who knows how big of a team it actually is right like i mean they're working on older tech and uh, and older assets and stuff like that things they're more familiar with uh when it comes to master chief collection it's a game they've been working on for years and years and years maybe yeah the pipeline is just streamlined to the point where it doesn't take a ton um to continue to support it all right so we've already mentioned lego games We've already mentioned Fortnite. Next bit of news we have is Lego and Sony pump two billion investment into Epic Games, um, and both of these companies basically said that this these investments are tailored towards what they believe is the future with uh, metaverses. You know, Sony themselves mentioned also that they are uh, putting this investment in as part of a way to help with their VR uh, platforms. And then Lego themselves said they were teaming up to build a family-friendly metaverse. I, it, meta, the term metaverse is getting so clouded. It, the reality is, is <laughs> I was, I, listen, I had somebody visit recently and they were asking me about the metaverse. They were talking about the metaverse <laughs> and they were saying how they have friends who are like all in on the metaverse who are like looking to buy land <laughs> in the metaverse and like and i'm like the reality is is the metaverse is basically going to be playstation home like yeah it is just going to be a lobby that we all it's not listen ar and vr are not there yet they're not going to be there for a long time and there's just no the the ready player one future <laughs> or vision is just not anytime soon I, I mean i mean like i think lego and sony might be the smart companies here and where they're investing their money like they're not going yeah. with facebook because i don't think facebook well, knows so, what the hell they're doing there yeah so the but, reality is is also yeah. i mean epic is already building a metaverse the yeah. way that the way that it is going to be practically implemented in fortnite fortnite has yeah, they have their battle royale and, and stuff like that. They've brought in crossover IPs and stuff like that. But they've also done concerts. They have like live viewing a professional Rocket League uh, championships and stuff like that. Like they are already kind of doing that stuff. Yeah. And as far as Sony is concerned, like, yes, it makes a ton of sense to continue to pump money in Epic because it's not th this investment isn't the PlayStation isn't PlayStation investing, it's Sony as a whole yeah. investing. And they have a movie division and movies more and more these days are using Unreal Engine for, you know, um, CGI and stuff like that and to produce and to, you know, make these movies. And so, yes, it, it, it makes a a ton of sense um, to invest in, in Epic. I, in my head, I'm just imagining be, becoming like a landlord in Tilted Towers and then just like having, you're buying up real estate property, buying yeah. up apartment buildings, and then Kevin the Cube comes and just like flies everything. And you just you wake up one morning, you sign in, and you just got like angry tenants you have to deal with. Like I'm just signing yeah. off. That's it. I had to. I had to. The, my my friends tell me this, and I had to just sit down and, and explain to them like, so how much so much of this is hype, and you know, and uh, I forgot who said it. It, it was like. I've like they've never and I feel the same way like I've never seen so many CEOs so many businesses just 
be like, we just need to get into the metaverse. We don't know what it is, what it will be, what we're capable of doing, but they just want to throw money, create crazy strategies around it. But there's like, uh, there's no guarantee of return on investment. It just feels yeah, like no. a money pit that mon- people are just making money and running off. Like one of the most annoying things that I- I'm finding happening right now on Twitter is I keep getting tagged in posts about some new NFT um, that is hitting the market and I'm just starting to block people left and right because it's so annoying. And it's like, yeah. it's like, don't get scammed into this. Like crypto is, crypto is one thing. I think NFTs is entirely different and there's you no, know, there's no benefit in my eyes on that. So I think when you yeah. talked about NFTs and metaverses and stuff like that, like a lot of it is that the metaverse in particular, we'll start with that. I think yeah. the reason you're hearing a lot of companies and talk about it, stuff like that, is because it is a buzzword. And part of that is because, you know, Facebook changed their name to Meta. People tend to forget that, you know, Facebook was also, uh, uh, Mike Zuckerberg was appearing at congressional hearing after congressional hearing, and there was all these awful reports coming out, and they were having their problems with misinformation. And how this just became, like, an opportunity for them to change the narrative around the company as a whole and have people talking about something different and arguably positive versus the stuff that was going on. And from there, it just exploded, right? Um, investors and shareholders and, and board, like this is what they want to hear about because they know it's a buzzword, you know? And so that's why you have companies come out and talk about it. And we'll see what actually comes of this. Like I said, I don't anticipate anything more than a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a more fleshed out interactive chat room, right? Uh, as far as NFTs and, and crypto and stuff like that, like our society has always been a, there's always been a fascination with get quick rich, yeah. right? I mean, it's why things like pyramid schemes continue to exist in 2022 when everybody has heard of a pyramid scheme and it's a Google away to find out, is this a scam? And yet, they continue to thrive because people love the idea of getting quick rich. My Sorry, favorite, getting rich quick. My favorite was after Squid Game, somebody created a squid token. Yeah. Uh, and then two days later, we're like, nope, took all the money and ran. <laughs> and it's yep. like, it's like, he's like, I even think they said like, don't buy this. There's no purpose behind this. And people still were just like, no. Well, so like I said, we've always been that kind of society and had that fascination and the pandemic the reality is the pandemic and people being stuck in their houses and stuff like that kind of just like injected steroids into that concept and so that's you know that's what a lot of this is and a lot of fascination is with with this stuff you know and that's not that's not to say uh you know that like i'm not saying that crypto has no use okay uh, I'm not saying that NFTs are a pyramid scheme. I I don't think NFTs have any real use. But yeah, I, that, that's about that's it. the example, you know. Yeah, we talked um, about it last week with the F1 Clash game. Oh right, that, yeah, that closed down and like what happened? You couldn't bring any of your NFTs with you to a different game. Right. And so I mean, yeah, it's I like it's, the- it's 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 frustrating. It's a bummer. At some point, like people will learn and 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 it will just be another it, fad it, it it really is a chicken and an egg situation and everyone's trying to sell you eggs that are rotten mm-hmm. because until you have a a metaverse that people have decided on um or that actually exists that is tangible then you can have the nft conversation um yeah you might be able to bring in some stuff but like i can only imagine some of the legal cases and issues i feel like there's gonna be nft lawyers uh within the next 10 years that will just pop up because it's just gonna be like a copyright nightmare uh, going forward yeah all right last bit of news uh that metroid dread update is here uh nintendo released a second of two announced updates for metroid dread on friday delivering the boss rush mode uh, the free update includes more than just your standard boss boss rush mode, however. Two much more difficult boss rush style modes are also included, as well as a practice mode. 
the new boss rush mode follows a familiar format. Face all of the game's bosses in a row while trying to do so in the shortest time possible. And let's see. There's also a survival rush mode, which challenges players to beat as many bosses as possible before the timer runs out. And each time you defeat a boss, it'll add a bit more time to your clock. And then Dread Rush, which is uh, basically boss rush with one hit kills. Damn. Uh, are you going nope. to do any of this? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, just, it's funny because I, it's it's like, it's no, I mean, I, yeah. we talked about this. I think the boss fights are the best part of Metroid Dread. But I also know that that's just not me. You know, like I loved Hollow Knight. I didn't go back for its uh, boss yeah. rush mode. I'm just not the kind of person, f- for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually I, I love pinball, and pinball very much is the like, you know, play it, perfect it, get a higher score each time and stuff like that. But for the most part, I am not the bush boss rush kind of guy. Where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, memorize this route and and get it done and memorize all their attacks and and see how i can be the most efficient you know i'm not like a speedrunner, you know and so it's just not my cup of tea uh but it is cool that they they are adding it i think i think watching nintendo slowly adopt things that other companies have been doing for years and years and i say that in like uh you know the DLC strategies that they started like prior to the switch, right? We weren't getting a ton of like season passes or, you know, uh, extended DLC release schedules and roadmaps. And I mean, the fact that super Mario party got an online mode, like three years after that game released is like unheard of. And so it's interesting to see them finally start to catch up with that kind of stuff. And, and, it still gives me hope that at some point in the future we will get a pro- proper party uh, system, a party chat system on on a Switch or a Nintendo console. Um, I mean, here's hoping at least. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that wraps up this week's podcast. Uh, Bilal, why don't you let everybody know where they can follow you? Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me over on uh, Twitter at Bilal underscore Mian, B-I-L-A-L underscore M-I-A-N. Uh, you can also uh, find me, you know, running the Twitter account for the work print uh, from time to time uh, over there. And then on Twitch, uh, just, you know, we'll, we go live with the work print uh, account. Uh, that's where we do most of our streaming. So definitely can find us uh, streaming there from time to time. Um, you know, I think Rob might have a little bit more to say about some upcoming content there, so I'll leave that to him. Um, and <laughs> they're making it happen, Rob, making it happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, for the podcast, uh, so we live stream Wednesday night at 9 over on twitch.tv slash theworkprint, uh, and then uh, our podcast goes up fairly quickly right after the live show uh, over on your favorite podcast feed. So Apple, Spotify, um, and google play uh whichever you know wherever you get your podcasts from uh, i personally use podcasts we're on there yeah so uh yeah definitely give us a like subscribe follow uh, on there on twitch uh, it goes a long way uh, and then for our socials uh facebook tw- twitter twitch instagram i uh, follow us just look up the work print and oh uh, we are there uh and then for all our content our great content you guys can go on over to theworkprint.com where we got a lot of comic coverage, uh, TV shows, and games. And so, uh, you know, some standouts being, hey, have you seen that new Stranger Things Season 4 trailer? Because it looks dope as hell. Um, and then, you know, we got reviews going up for Endgame on NBC and Atlanta as well, uh, as, bunch of, as well as a bunch of news articles. So... Uh, yeah, definitely stop by the site and check it out. Uh, v- Rob, how about you? Where can people find you? Yeah, as always, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. Uh, I will be, and that's on all social social media. I will be streaming uh, here at twitch.tv slash theworkprint. I told Bilal earlier that I have an idea for basically doing, you know, just the very beginning 
of games and then um, making kind of a series that we can then pit up on like YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, so I will be trying to do that in the future. Uh, and then I, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw recently that I think I'm just at the point where because we can, uh, I, anytime I come up with a silly idea, let's just go with it and run with it and see what we can do and try to have some fun. Um, I just, why not? You know, like the one thing I don't want to do is regret not just trying something, you know? Uh, and we're lucky that we do have a, a, a community that hangs out with us and, and lets us be ourselves and lets us, you know, be silly if we want to be silly. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that we are now at episode 95. Episode 100 is right around the corner. And Bilal and I have some uh, ideas for what we're going to do with that. We do want to make it, you know, a, a little bit special. Part of that is going to be a giveaway of sorts. And so uh, we'll be talking about more of that in the weeks to come. So be on the lookout for that and make sure you're here for that episode. Uh, that is they- actually like... We're not talking small giveaways either. It's actually like uh, we got some good stuff planned out for that. So, yeah. you know. Well, don't hype it too much. Don't hype it. I mean, we're not, you know. I, we're giving away a car. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. Matchbox. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, man. Thank you guys so much who, who popped into the stream and watched us live. Thank you, those who listen to us after the fact. I always say the best way you can support us is tell a friend, come hang out with us. I. I I love doing this uh, podcast. I love doing the pre-show and hang just just hanging out in the beginning, not talking about video games necessarily. Uh, and then you, when for those that are listening to the podcast, you missed out on immigration law, washer and dryers, <laughs> um, yeah, uncles and nephews. Yep. It, it, yeah, it was honestly it was probably the best fifteen minutes <laughs> <laughs> of the of the evening. <laughs> and my evening. and my dope sneakers, super comfortable oh, yeah. by the way. Uh. But yeah, so thank you guys so, so much. Uh, and Bilal, thank you again, as always, taking time out of your busy day. Uh, I know we both, you know, married, kids, work. I, I know how hard it is for me. I am so far past the point that you're at right now with, with your son that I can't, I don't even remember what that was like anymore. So I can only imagine how, how tired you must be and, and how much work it is just to get on here. Yeah, uh, and then throw in fasting as well. It's, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> it's a lot, but you know, I, I look forward to this. It's uh, it's funny. I'm like, why don't I have time to game during the week? And I'm like, well, the one night I do, I do the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so I'm it's like, my fault. <laughs> no, no, no. But but you know what? It makes me get. It makes me find time to game. Yeah, yeah. The days. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I, lo- I love doing this. It's 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 a freaking blast. All right. Well. Until next time, bye-bye.